I have a headache now. Thanks, Travion. Appreciate it. This guy has the hottest album of Fourth of July weekend. I feel like lasers were just being shot in my head. Is this Gunna? No, Lil Uzi Vert. Oh! He's got his new album, The Pink Tape, out right Yo, now. Yo, Mr. Got a Headache. Guess what? I don't care because I got a headache. Was he the one that actually just made a song called Nakamura? He actually uh, made a song called uh, Pizza Boys. Hour two of the game. <laughs> Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G. Travion Berkland. What's what's the Uzi Vert? Do you know the Do you know the story behind his name? I do not. Because they the, people like there's a guy named NBA Young Boy. Yeah, and he mm-hmm. like never broke again. I thought right. NBA actually meant like the NBA. Like he just loved the NBA. Right. Right. No, never broke again. Right. He has all kinds of merch that you can get in the mall right here in Manhattan, Kansas. Manhattan, Kansas. Yep. So uh, Lil Urzi Vert, he did make the song called Nakamura. So Shinsuke Nakamura is a wrestler in WWE, and Lil Uzi Vert samples his theme song Whoa. for his own song, and it was actually released like five days ago. Okay, Whoa. yeah, the new album probably. The number one album in America. According to Travion. Lil Uzi Vert. It's the talk of the town. He performed ever- Is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, he for would, us. No, he had to work <laughs> last night. He had to uh, work at the uh, the spot, the happening spot. Travion, how many times did people come in and bring up the Lil Uzi Vert uh, album? Well, I mean, not at shortstop, really. Oh, but, so. I mean... Well, I mean, I don't, re- I don't have don't full on conversations with people. I don't, I try to avoid talking to a people as much well, as possible at work. Lucky you, because when I worked in the convenience store game, everybody wanted to chit chat. Oh, yeah. everybody still wants the chit chat. Yeah. Nobody was kinda, in a hurry. Yeah. There's people that like to sit around. I've had people stand there for literally two hours mm. talking. See, and I'm like, uh-huh. Did you see the Powerballs right? up to 200 million? Yeah. Yeah. yeah people were talking about that for sure. People come in, the, the people that like buy all the lotto tickets mm-hmm. and then scratch them and want to talk to you. And you're like, come on. That's I did see they have now have a, a, a lottery vending machine. I think that's pretty dope. Yes. Pretty good idea there. People barely use it, though, sadly. It's because it's a it's a very new technology, and they're just used and comfortable to going up to you. It's like the self-checkout at Dude, convenience stores. I used it's- the self-checkout at the convenience store, and <laughs> Travion got after me, dude. He In... I'm doing it, and Travion's got a whole line of people backed up, Yeah, and he's and calling me checkout. out. Yeah, he's <laughs> calling me. He goes, thanks a lot for taking my job. And you're like, well, I didn't want to talk to the clerk. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I don't want to talk to you, and I don't want to wait for Jackie Moon over here to buy 35 lotto tickets. <laughs> or, you know, like, whatever, dude. I'm trying to get in and out. Oh, but God. He called me out in front of everybody, dude. The worst people in line at a convenience store. They're looking down at the glass, uh, through the glass at the stretchers, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what they want, mm-hmm. and also trying to explain to the clerk where their cigarettes are. Oh, God. Clerk's not a smoker, so he doesn't, maybe not know exactly what we're looking for, and they're trying to point it out to you. Well, oh, God. It, it's like when you turn around and I go to the right, and you go to the left, <laughs> I want to go, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Also, um, you know... The person that really stinks is this guy. I was I was running late for work, <laughs> and I was behind this guy, and he was trying to cut a personal check. 
And they were like, we don't accept checks. And he was like, what? And he turned around and looked at me and he's like, can you believe this? They don't accept checks? I go, yeah, I can totally believe this. At shortstop? Not at shortstop. This is at another one. We accept checks at shortstop? I go, yeah, I can believe it. It's 2023. I haven't written a check since 1998, man. I Like, what is going on here? In Concordia, I'd have to do it all the time, but in Man- Manhattan, I only have done it like maybe a handful of times well, since I this the guy, last year. Then I found out he was what he was trying to do. What he was he was trying to pay for gas and then write it for a little over and then get the cash yeah, back. Yeah. And I go, that's the oldest scam there's ever been. <laughs> that was the first check scam. You know what I mean? Like they they don't play that anymore, man. They don't know. That's no. how Elvis's dad got arrested. I think. What? No, I think so. I think that's the story. <laughs> See, he, he, he had a bad check and he went to jail. He go, my, my dad got got caught up <laughs> in a f- check writing scam. <laughs> that is the first time in my life somebody brought up Elvis's dad. <laughs> 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 if you're talking Elvis, usually the dad is in a part of the conversation. It's a blues song, man. My dad got caught in a check writing scam. Didn't have any money. So in the jail cell they slam. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, he's got the check writing blues. I couldn't. This boy is promoting all this. Bad information. That's true. That's true. Wait a minute. <laughs> Fraudulent checks are, are going major, crazy across America. It's a major problem. Here in 1958. Yes, it was. Because they were so brand new. You know, they were like, hey, man, check this. They won't know. If you write it for a little over, they give you the cash and you're out the door. Elvis wrote a song about it. We got to do it. like to hear it. Here it <laughs> That's what Jailhouse Rock was all about. It was his dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do we top that? I no, we're done. So tomorrow on the game, Jake. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, Travion, take the last five minutes, copy and paste at the end, and we'll, that's the whole podcast. <laughs> We got to get our minutes in. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, still to come here in hour number two, we'll get to uh, Drum Tang. couple misses uh, over the uh, long holiday weekend, at least it was for me, uh-huh. uh, when it comes to West Virginia transfers. Meanwhile, the all-Big 12 preseason team was announced earlier today. Some controversy, some no surprises at all. Let's put it that way. One big surprise to me, that, and this was definitely the rounds on social media, that Cooper Beebe was not a unanimous selection for the All-Big 12 team. Oh. I have a simple sol- uh, an explanation. There's the word I'm looking for. An explanation as to why he was not named a unanimous selection. And that is because of media out of Provo, Utah, Cincinnati, Ohio, Houston, Texas, and Orlando, Florida. They're newbies. Mm-hmm. They're not used to this kind of football. Right. They're not sure who P- Cooper Beebe is. Well, you'll find out. They don't know who's good and not good on the offensive line. Heck, right. I barely know outside of Manhattan, <laughs> Kansas, on who's who's great. But they're going to get used to K-State football sooner or later. They'll, they'll know. You'll learn. They'll know. You'll learn. Uh, let's see. So, of the five that K-State landed, Ben Sennett, Cooper Beebe, Phillip Brooks, a.k.a. CM Punk, and Kobe Savage are all Big 12 preseason selections. 
and then preseason newcomer of the year on the off, just in general, they just, just the one is K State transfer running back Treshawn Ward. I'm going to be honest with you, I actually did not pick Treshawn Ward. It's my newcomer of the year. I kind of feel bad about that right now. I, I think I have a, a reasonable explanation on that is because. To me, I mean, you know, this is obviously very early on. This is very preliminary to think this way, but it's I think it's fair. That is, I don't know the differences in carries between Treshawn Ward and DJ Giddens quite For yet. Sure. I think they're both going to be great this year, mm-hmm. but because they're going to both be really great, and, I mean, heck, f- carries could be 50-50 between them. How am I supposed to pick between these guys? Of course, Treshawn's the newcomer, and, and Giddens is not, but, I mean— Either one could be the dog, yeah, the, the, the top guy. And, you know, so I think we'll always have this thing where if a guy comes from Florida State, it's like, oh, my God, he came from Florida State. Well, that's amazing. And, and he was honorable mention – or no, was first-team all-conference last year. Honorable mention all-conference. Let me go to my Sorry. notes. Honorable mention all-conference because – but he led him in rushing. Right. So, you know, there's that – there's that eye-popping aspect Whoa. of it. Oh, Florida State. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's like, if we went back the last three years, I, we would have spanked them. You know? Like, we would have beat them. I mean, he, he wouldn't have nearly the attention if he was transferring from Georgia Tech. No. No. And it'd be like, ah, who cares? But this guy, Florida State, you got a name. See, Treshawn Ward was actually not the leading rusher for Florida State. He was, he was second on the team in rushing yards, but he would have been... I'm sorry. He was second on the uh, he was second on the team in rushing. He had six point six yards per carry, which was tenth in the nation. That would have been the best in the Big Twelve. But he was like, so there was Florida State last year had a really good rushing game. They had four guys that could kill you rushing the football. They had a dual threat quarterback in, in Jordan Travis. Shout out to that guy. If I actually liked a little bit. Um, so there was there was competition for carries. A lot of competition for carries. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Florida State this but last year, it's just like and like yeah he, so he that six yards a carry would have been the best of the Big Twelve, but it's like he didn't play a Big Twelve schedule. You know what I mean? They didn't play. No, you know, and it's like we can play that game all day. I just, I get, I it just bums me out that somebody comes from Florida State and it's all of a sudden it's like better than what we got. All all ACC honorable mention. There you go, DJ. Let's go, Giddens. But Treshawn Ward was maybe a little bit of a surprise to me that he did get that, but I think it's deserving. I think he could definitely be that kind of player for K-State. I don't know. I hope he is. I mean, you honestly could have picked any of the rosters. Well, any tra- yeah, for, any of the top transfers for any team. Well, not only that, but, I mean, how do you uh, qualify Cincinnati, Central Florida? I mean, well, you know, you could, you could literally call any of those newcomers to your conference. Well, and at wide re- – I mean, Texas, the guy I voted for is a wide receiver is going to play Texas. He was like a top five transfer this year. Oh, I'll give you – Played at Alabama. Credit to you. You didn't pick correctly. Arch Manning. <laughs> do you think he'll see any time – do you think he'll see any time – you think he'll play Arch? All? Yeah. I don't think so. Do you think he's doing what Quinn Ewers did and like stay one year for NIL money and then go somewhere else? If there's anybody who doesn't need NIL money, <laughs> it's Arch Manning. <laughs> yeah, it's him. Yeah. All right, so I guess we should probably get into Jalen Daniels now uh, because Jalen, quarterback at KU, is going to be a junior this year after playing about eight and a half games last year. He's, he missed four games due to an injury that he suffered late in the first half against TCU, was voted 
Offensive player of the year of the conference, Jalen Ford of Texas at linebacker is defensive player of the year. I don't disagree with that at all. But Jalen Daniels is a surprise to a lot of people, including right here in Manhattan, Kansas. There are, of course, other candidates that would be up for that for that honor preseason-wise. But I'm just – and I'm not here to say that I think he is the best offensive player in the Big 12. I do not, th- I do not think that at all. I think Will Howard is the better quarterback. And I'm trying to be very unbiased about that. What? The thing is, I, th- I think why he got the vote is for – a number of reasons why the Big 12 loves him so much. First of all, he was second all team or second team all Big 12 last year. First teamer is Max Duggan. He's gone, so it's like next man up with so many returning quarterbacks from a year ago. Alan Bowman was not going to get that award. Whoever the new quarterback for BYU is not going to get that. Whoever the newcomer is, everybody else is pretty much it's you know very it's almost the same quarterbacks that started all year last year, other than a couple of like. Like at West Virginia, it's going to be Garrett Green, I believe. And he was not, of course, the number one guy a year ago. But it's a lot of returning starting quarterbacks. But for Jalen Daniels, he helped KU obviously get to an undefeated start when TCU came to town at 5-0. and And the, the country was kind of buzzing about it, right? And he was the leader of that pack. He was the offensive darling along with Devin Neal, talented um, wide receivers, very strong offensive line. By the way, all these starters return from a year ago. They they just have to return one starter from a year ago. But Jalen Daniels was the one that was leading the Big 12 in offense, had the best QBR. As a matter of fact, I think he finished in the top three in QBR in college football last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some stats that people like about him, that, and they're going to back it up with that. He didn't play a full season, but the numbers were still pretty good. I honestly feel, though, that I don't think he's the most talented player on their offense. Now, I know a lot of people don't know so much about the offensive lines in the Big 12, but KU has an offensive lineman by the name of Mike Nowitzki, who I did vote on the team in over, boy, I don't remember the snap count, but he played darn near every snap, and he did not allow a sack all year long. He didn't allow anybody to get to the quarterback in any situation. I'm like, well, <laughs> you give me those facts. Yeah. I'm like, how do you argue against that? No doubt. Devin Neal was a thousand yard rusher a year ago. Now, if if Jalen Daniels didn't get hurt last year, mm. who knows? Mm-hmm. And I, I would imagine with those outside of Manhattan, Kansas, because we're still probably hanging on to because this team could be an eight-win team, but we're still like, this is KU, and they're going to fold sooner rather than later. Not a whole lot of us are taking KU seriously, but outside of here, it's like, if Jalen Daniels stays healthy, this team has a legit shot at being really good this year. They do. It's the defense that was the issue last year. Mm-hmm. The defense was terrible. They were awful. But you also got to bring up, you know, Kenny Logan and Kobe Bryant, a couple of guys in the secondary that are all Big 12 selections that are returning to that defense. They're going to have a brand new defensive line this upcoming season because I was a huge weakness for KU last year. Lance Leipold went to the portal and got himself a couple of pretty decent guys. Mm-hmm. So the, that's a huge question mark. But what happens if Jalen Daniels is healthy all year long? That is where people are like, 
wow, this could be a very dangerous team. Mm-hmm. It is just based on that one guy. It just happens to be the most important position on the team. Mm-hmm. But you just can't forget about all the talent around him. But I don't think he's the most talented quarterback in the conference. I just don't. And that's just, I'm not trying to be biased in any way. But bringing up Dylan Gabriel, I think, is very fair. Will Howard, I think there's an argument because they both Will Howard and Jalen Daniels both did not play a full season. Will Howard played definitely against tougher competition, played in last games. And I think if you kept the paces that they were both on, Will Howard would have had better numbers at the end of the year. But you just you can't make that assumption, obviously. Right. It's just kind of a guesstimation if that were to happen. If the pace continued, Will Howard was probably the better quarterback at the end of the day. And Will Howard in, in four of his seven games were against teams in the top ten. Jalen Daniels played two games against top 25 all year long mm-hmm. and went 0-2. Really 0-3 because TCU jumped in as well so again i'm not surprised that the the big 12 media would see jalen daniels in that kind of spot because there's a ton of potential for ku this year there really is i think we need to be taking them more seriously than we are Mm -hmm. but i i would not put him first team all big 12 i would not put him offensive player of the year that's a tough call, like to 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 put a like to put that kind of pressure on him, you know, to say that that the player of the year, offensive player of the year, it, it, wild to me. I do though. I mean, I I I can't stand them, and I can say at least that first half of last year, he balled. He really, really. Really lit it up. Fun yeah. to watch. A dual threat quarterback. He that was, was good. He had he had the thing about him is he has really not the best arm, but he has very solid accuracy. He's accurate, really accurate. What stands out to me in the aspect is that you look at what the record was, and you look at what happened with Ku after he was done for the year, and I and that's where it stands out. Where you can look at him, and in most people's eyes. Not counting conference, non-conference, just looking at it as wins-losses outcome. In people that aren't maybe digging into it deeper to recognize the difference in those games, they're just seeing it as, well, without him, they lost. Without him, they had the losing streak. Mm -hmm. That everything hinges on him offensively. And it makes for an easy pick. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it makes for an easy pick. No, that's losing Jalen Daniels was not the reason KU struggled after the first half of the that's season. Sure, right. I agree. That's not what he's saying, right? I know. Right, right, yes. right, right, right. I, I'm saying I'm just giving you a, a, an idea of what some voters will look at the situation and go, "Well, well, the reason I have KU in ninth place in the Big Twelve and not higher." Is not it has nothing to do with the offense. The offense is what got them to number nine in my poll. The reason they're not higher is because of that. It's a terrible defense, and a lot of that defense is coming back from last year. They have some really solid talent on that on that defense, and this sounds weird, but the rest of it was really bad, mm-hmm. really bad. It can, it, it's got to be better for K or else they're going to have another five hundred season at, at best. I mean, they were so bad that they could start one certain guy in the defensive backfield, but he's no longer there. Everybody's favorite. Everybody's oh, that's right. Well, he's a linebacker. 
Gavin Potter. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> took me a second. But That's he's how a- bad of a defense it was. He was a starter. He st- <laughs> like all the way up until they kicked him off the team. Uh-huh. Wow. I forgot about he's that. He's at game. Arkansas State now. Is he really? Yeah. Well, hey, man. Good for him. Um, but you can't. You, it's hard to play the heel. <laughs> it's hard to be the heel for everybody. This is unprecedented um, grounds right now that KU is is on. I mean, if you want, we can roll through the 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 great quarterbacks of KU football during the Big Twelve era, Dude. and you'll run down the list, and you'll see that none of them were preseason player of the year. Todd Ooh. Reesing, nope, was not nope offensive player of the year preseason in the Big Twelve. Now that's the whole list, but this is somewhere KU's never been before, and this is exactly what I mean. They'll see this as backup to their argument, but of course, Jayhawk fans are are obviously very high on Jalen Daniels, and they think he's one of the best players, not only in the Big Twelve but in the country. Dude, and you you kind of touched on it. Um, I really, as far as I'm concerned, um, I really like their their wide receivers. They have a lot of. Really talented guys. Well, and let's also remember, so do you remember Daniel Highshaw running back? He was backing up Devin Neal, and he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what game. It might have been actually the TCU game. TCU. I don't, I don't recall, yeah. but it might have been that game. And then he was out for the rest of the year. That was a really good backup running back. That, yeah. was, a, that was a very solid one-two punch for KU, and now he's going to be coming back. So mm-hmm. don't, you know, don't forget about that guy, and he didn't play against K-State. And, right. So they I, they're good. I'm taking this KU offense pretty serious. They're 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 good. They by the good. way, I mean this was one of the better offensive lines about giving up sacks. Like they didn't give up very many sacks. Uh, now, of course, a lot of that is getting the football out of the hands of Jalen Daniels, but sure. also give credit to the talent of the wide receivers. Where even though they you know maybe dinking and dunking a lot, they're still picking up you know 12, 13 yards of passing play, which was one of the best numbers in the uh, not only the Big Twelve but in the entire country. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to go back to uh, basketball. Rough weekend after a positive start for the recruiting of a couple of former West Virginia Mountaineers up next. Welcome back to the game on K-Man. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G., and Travion Berkland. It is hour number two. It's the only full show of the week. Thursday and Friday, we're at at 534 Royals Baseball. Who are they uh, playing, Troy? Cleveland. Cleveland, all right. Into Cleveland for the first time this season. Tell you what, week two for KU will be very interesting. They host uh, Illinois. Ooh. And Brett Brett Bielema had that team at eight wins last year, but no more Chase Brown. I I don't know much about Illinois, but I'm, I'm sure it's like a... They'll figure it out week two maybe to see how good they are and we'll also see how good KU is uh, in that week two game. And then KU goes to Nevada. Road games for KU this year, Nevada, Texas, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Cincinnati. Oh, they'll love that road trip to Reno. <laughs> I got an update about Elvis's dad. Uh-oh. Okay, so <laughs> the oh, check sorry. was only for $4 Ooh. in 1938. <laughs> And he was sentenced to four years in prison, but he spent less than a year in prison. Yeah, because they were like, 19. hey, wait a minute. Four bucks. Um, yeah. That was only $4. And they're like, oh, okay. Uh, we spent him for four years? Let him out. <laughs> I mean, come- <laughs> well, how about this? So $4 in 1938 today would be $86.28. <laughs> <laughs> Still, I mean, come on. 
four years? Yeah, as you think about it now, like 86 bucks, is that really that much money? No. no. <laughs> not for four years in prison, man. I'd be like, wait, stop. Wait, like four years in a row? Or like, do I get to like go for a month and come out? What the heck, man? It's a lot of time. Well, uh, boy, rough news the last couple of days for K-State men's basketball. You know, Derek Young from K-State Alliance and I talked about it in the first hour. Um, so, Joe Toussaint, a guard and a center, and Muhammad Wagi both visited K-State starting, well, Thursday night into Friday. That's when it really started was Friday. Uh, they come into town to visit together, and then it was a few days later, it was uh, announced that Joe Toussaint would be transferring to Texas Tech, who he visited before uh, visiting K-State, even though it was supposed to be vice versa originally. And then uh, Muhammad Wagi, he, so we all saw the, the cat signals, right, from the entire basketball staff. We're jacked, and we're thinking, all right, it's one of them. Hopefully it's going to be two. You're feeling pretty good, and then we learned today Muhammad Wagi stays committed to K-State for like a day or two and like the offer better from Alabama, and he becomes now the latest addition for Nate Oates in the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, yeah, it, it's obviously a blow, especially where we're at right now in the portal. I mean, the way it f- feels like it stands right now, not like a lot of top-tier talent left anymore. If you look at the top 100, according to the you know recruiting services, there's really not anybody available. So, you know, it kind of felt like, like maybe kind of the last effort, last chance to get some really solid talent to fill some roles. Um, and of course, you know, the big discussion about why this happened, what took place. I mean, if you if you pay attention to what's going on with NIL and the, how recruiting goes, and even though it's you know, it's kind of a big no-no and you're not supposed to do it, obviously NIL is a big part of them deciding, I'm talking about the recruits deciding on where they want to go. And D.Y. brought up a you know an interesting point. You know, if, if I, NIL was, wasn't such a big deal as it is, they might pick K-State over some of these other schools because K-State's big pitch is about family, winning, becoming better. They have the facilities. I mean, there's so many tools that this coaching staff can use and really build a strong case without even really bringing up NIL. But, of course, you know they, these these guys know that they're worth something mm-hmm. and, and they can now benefit off of NIL. And I don't blame it all for that. No. But then, of course, it becomes, in, you know, and it's not the easiest thing to talk about, but... And it's, you know, it's it, it kind of turns into a bidding war, right? And I know, I, I know all the fans won't necessarily agree with this, but you know, just from the information I've gather, gathered with this latest recruitment, is that you know, there's a lot of reputation, and you're, you're painting a picture about the way you recruit and how you want your program to be ran and how you want to bring into these recruits. You want your, you want your recruits to more buy into what you're doing than just cash a check, if you know what I mean, right? And, you know, I'm I'm totally fine with that if that's the way they want to go because that's already the way they've been going, and last year was a pretty dang successful year. And the way they want to do things feels like so far it's been working out. And when you're going after the best recruits in the country at the time, depending on when it is, you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. And don't let anybody tell you that, you know, you know, Tyler Perry only came to K-State for money or anything like that. Or um, Kaluma, you know, only came to K-State mm-hmm. for money. It was it was way more than that. And K-State beat guys. That was just way more than NIL. I would at least hope so. At least it feels that way. Um, 
it is a blow and it sucks. But what we do know about this coaching staff, and we should absolutely 100% believe in them because still, in my opinion, they haven't given us anything to not believe in. Mm-hmm. That they're going to keep fighting, they're going to keep throwing punches, and they're going to be competitive with all the top schools in the country for the top recruits. They've already got K-State to a spot where they're in the running for so many of these top talent guys. It is a, it's definitely, no doubt about it, a higher standard in recruiting than what we're used to. And now that we got a taste of it, we're a little bit afraid to see it go away. It's not going away. No. It's not going anywhere. It's just a tough loss. And somebody already said this earlier. I'm going to repeat it because I agreed. They overpaid for guys. Yeah. These other schools did. And just from my understanding, our staff wasn't willing to do that because they, it, it could be an integrity move and it can be more than that. But to me, it, it seems like an integrity move that that's just the reputation they don't want. It could be made way more than that or less than that. That's just the, that's just the feeling that I have for what just took place. And again, some aren't going to like that. Some are going to be totally fine with that. I, you know, I've heard it before. Let's just cheat. As long as we don't get caught, let's just cheat. Yeah, let's just Everybody do what else KU cheats. does. Yeah. Let's just do what KU does. Well, I mean, no, thank you. I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm cool with cheating, just not for Joe Toussaint. I don't really <laughs> <laughs> like. Well, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I would have been, I, I would have been very happy to get him. But he's sure. not a starter. He's come, he's coming off the bench. Yeah, there's only so much value there. Same with <laughs> Muhammad Wagi. Just come on. If we're going to cheat, like cheat for some five-star, not Joe Toussaint. I, I'm i just not going to trip out about it. I really think that we, the, the K-State, I'll say not we, the K-State basketball team, if you go back and you say, if we have a Joe Toussaint caliber guy, do we beat, do we end up beating Florida Atlantic University? It, was that the was that what we the piece that we were missing, or was it a whole host of other factors that caused K State to lose that game? And to me, it's the the season does not hinge on whether or not we can convince Joe Toussaint to bring himself over to K State. I, 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 I wish him the best, and the other guy, Muhammad, I wish that him the best as well. Uh, I hope it's a very fortunate and, and, and really great season for you, but you picked the wrong horse, man. You really did. And I hope you're happy because you could have been part of something special, but well, I'm not tripping about oh, I, it. I mean, real quick, Troy, I mean, you know, Grant McCaslin, who's now the head coach at Texas Tech, I, I, you know, Tyler Perry, after listening to his three-mall interview, you know, that he really stood out to me as like, this is the kind of guy mentally – he has his mind in the right places that you want a K-State. He's here for the exact right reasons you want him to be here. I mean, you know, Grant McCaslin didn't get him. And he uh, played a number of years at North your, Texas yeah, with Grant McCaslin. Didn't win his own guy. The irony of the thought of cheating, quote-unquote, West Virginia fans were ready to assail our program, the K-State program, this weekend for cheating. Because they figured we had both of them landed. I saw some of the tweets. Mm -hmm. And it was humorous that they would say that about K-State. Because, let's be perfectly honest, 
that's the wrong school in the state if you want to talk about cheating. Um, the, but it was humorous that already those allegations were beginning about K-State if the, you know, from where West Virginia was losing both. So, you know, it, it's not going to matter where someone winds up anymore in this NIL day. There's going to be a swath of fan bases that are just going to out and out say, well, you got them because you paid them. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, nothing's going to change how those fans look at it. They can call it cheating. They can call it whatever they want. That's what it is. I still say that there is way too much at the base of where this program is for that allegation to take fruit, but it's going to be the image that some folks have, especially after K-State landed Keontae Johnson last year. The only thing is, K-State got him in August. That was a very special circumstance for Mm -hmm. Keontae Johnson. Absolutely. That's probably not going to happen very often. No. And that 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 is if I do have one concern out of all this it is I just don't know what who what or who comes next you know what I mean mm-hmm. cuz you still have two spots to fill and it's not guaranteed to fill those spots with the talent that you're really truly looking for but I mean this coaching staff has said before that they're going to get the guy they're going to go after the guys that they truly want they're just not going to fill a spot with a guy mm-hmm. it's just not that simple to them guess what it still comes down to coaching yeah I mean, there's still that aspect at play in all of this. And, oh, by the way, the guy on the bench won a National Coach of the Year award. Mm-hmm. So you take it for what it is. Okay, it was a swing and a miss. It didn't pan out. You move on. That's recruiting, especially high-level recruiting. It's the type of situation that, to be perfectly honest, Bruce Weber hated and didn't want to participate in. Yeah. Because he got upset and frustrated at the fact that he couldn't get those guys. In his mind, he couldn't even compete for those guys. Was his vantage point. So why even go after them? I'm sorry, I would a lot rather my coach go after guys like that and have the confidence that he can land them, that we can do that with our program. And the fact of the matter is... You're going to miss. You are going to whiff on guys like that. It it goes with the territory. We're in a new phase with K-State basketball, and, I'm, you know, okay. So the two guys didn't sign this weekend, didn't commit. That's fine. Yeah. Let's, let's play with what we got. This Here we go. season's not over. Right, exactly. Come on. We need to take a break. When we come back, we got number one song, Ask Us Anything, coming up next. All right, we're run, we're off and running. Here we go. Hey guys, today's Wednesday. Sure. So for no ask us anything, uh, yeah. Um, would you rather? Would you rather be able to speak all the languages out there, or would you rather communicate with animals? Damn. Wow. You know what? I want to travel the world someday. Uh-huh. That takes a lot of money. I don't know if I'll ever have that money. Mm. But I know I like animals. Sure. And I like pets. I like dogs. Sure. It would make my life so much easier. It'd make everybody's lives so much easier if we could talk to our pets. The Chewy ads are actually pretty good. 
if you've not Haven't noticed those yet. Yeah, I'm a Chewy fan, though. That yeah, They have the uh, pets talking to their owners now that are actually humorous. That's what I'm like. I'm just worried that my animals aren't going to have anything, like, interesting to say. Or be, like, real talkative and won't shut won't up. Won't shut up. <laughs> you know, like, It'll just be like, eat. I need to eat. I want to eat. I'm hungry. Are you hungry? I can, I can eat a treat. But then that's where your communication comes in, and you can teach them yeah. to tone it down a bit. Hey, zip it, or I'm going to punch you. I always, I yeah, forget, but, like. But then at that point, it's like having kids. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, <laughs> trust me. Animals are smart, but they're never going to be as smart as we are no, to comprehend and, anything. And like a gerbil isn't going to have a lot to say. I did what a guy from K Rock called it and was like, I deal with a, I deal with like raccoons and possums. He's like, it'd be nice to tell him like, can you just leave? <laughs> I don't want to kill you. Can you just? I'll help you move and get your stuff out of here. Like, let's just do this. Yeah, it could save a lot of lives, a lot of animal lives. Um, hey, the last thing that you ate is your new food truck idea. This is from last week. It was National Food Truck Day. Uh, what's the last thing you ate? You're now selling that out of the food truck. Mm, last thing I had was popcorn. I don't think that's going to be a very good new popcorn truck. Uh, no, I'd have to steal the hot honey rub recipe from a certain wing chain. Dude, you might make some cash. Uh, one of the K-Rockers had a Mexican tater tot casserole. Oh. <laughs> An oddly specific food truck item. I don't know. I see myself going to that truck, though, <laughs> far too often. <laughs> Did you, Trey, what's the last thing you ate? A Slim Jim. <laughs> Dude! You have a Slim, Di- Slim Jim food truck. Uh, <laughs> I guess you can make things out of Slim Jims. Don't even I've actually try. seen it. Really? <laughs> I, I want to see Trey, though, do Macho Man. To sell those Slim Jims. Like, try to do the, ooh, yeah, step into a Slim Jim. That was really good. That was good. okay. That, that wasn't was that good. Yeah. Cream rises to the top. Um, step into a Slim Jim. Hey, what's your idea? Does uh, ketchup go on hot dogs? The national, the president of the National Hot Dog and Sausage Association weighed in today and said, if you're over the age of 18, you should not be putting ketchup on hot Agreed. dogs. Agreed. Too bad he's wrong. Oh, Troy. Remember, I'm the guy who has the shirt that states it very clearly. I put ketchup on my ketchup. You do. I Okay, yeah, I love that shirt, by the well, way. Well, ketchup to me, no offense, Troy, seems like a pretty child. Like, when I think of myself as a child, I put ketchup on probably too much stuff. It was just a go-to. Patrick yeah. Mahomes agrees with me. <laughs> Hot, well, dogs. Hot dogs should always have ketchup, mustard, and relish. That's how it always should go. Oh, you, you pile Better it Better be that sp- mm-hmm. uh, Whataburger spicy ketchup. We got to get. We're on tomorrow at 4 for t- 5.30. Go Cats.